Welcome to the podcast series, Redefined in Christ. Each episode explores what it means to live a life of freedom through what Christ accomplished on the cross. So let's listen in on what our host, Tim Atterbury, is teaching on today. Well, we're back, and today we're going to be talking about grace. So I've titled this episode, this is the third episode, It's Amazing Grace. I mean, why not? You've probably heard the song. You know, it it was made popular by so many artists that it's hard to imagine that that life, Christian life, could exist without the song Amazing Grace. John Newton wrote it in 1779 and published it. But since then, according to his autobiography, it's... I'm sorry, according to his biography... It was uh, it is recorded or performed over 10 million times and in over 11,000 albums. It was in Uncle's Tom Cabin. It was popular during the Civil War and the Vietnam War. It's been sung by Judy Collins, Aretha Franklin, Ray Charles, Johnny Cash, Willie Nelson, and Elvis. Even President Obama sang part of it during a memorial service. I only mention all this to say... Grace is amazing. That song has touched so many lives and opened the door of the gospel. But what what is it to experience God's grace? You know, when I look at Newton's life and you study what happened and how the song came about, he was a captain on a slave trading ship. The ship was caught in a bad storm and Newton prayed for God to help. The ship didn't go down, so Newton considered it a miracle from God. So he began to profess Christianity, and later on renounced his formal slaving profession. Newton actually lived to see Great Britain outlaw slavery in 1807. But imagine, over 30 years he was thinking about how bad of a life he had lived, and was living and transforming, and finally saw conviction give way to being convinced in the end. And for me... I look at Newton and I think 30 years of change, 30 years that grace was really changing him. How, how is it this grace works in our lives? It, it never stops changing us. Grace is our teacher. Titus 2.11 says, For the grace of God has appeared with salvation for all people. And 12 says, instructing us to deny godliness and worldly lust, to live in a sensible, righteous, and godly way in the present age. And if we look at verse 14, it says, He gave Himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to cleanse for Himself a people for His own possession, eager to do good works. That's what we Christians are. Are you one of those who understand Jesus gave Himself to redeem you from all lawlessness and has cleansed you to be his own possession, eager to do good works. That's what Christians are. That's who we are. If we could just grasp what amazing grace has done in our lives. The grace of God has no limits. It reaches to where we could never imagine. When our minds fight the idea of unlimited grace, it's because we're thinking carnally or naturally. We think grace needs to have an end. Because to every up, 
there is a down, and to every good there is a bad, and there's always balance. But grace has no opposite. Grace is the outpouring of God's love. He poured it out on the world without limits. 1 John 4 8 puts it this way. The one who does not love does not know God because God is love. You would probably agree with me that this is a pretty intense verse to be so short. It is referring, of course, to those who have received Christ and are letting Him live through them. Because in this way, our love is from God because we know Him and He lives through us. And so we know God. But really, the important part I want to talk about is the last three words. God is love. I said He's limitless. He's unlimited in His power. Look, God is love. It's His nature. And God is unlimited. This is important to know, and it sheds great light on Jesus and what He represents in the world. God's love. Jesus was God's light on this earth. He was God in the flesh, so He too was love. And the Holy Spirit who came after Him into the world, He is the Spirit of love. You see, God really is love. Romans 5, 5 says, This hope will not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who was given to us. God's love poured out through Jesus Christ, reconciling this world. And it poured out to us who accept it. We receive the Spirit of God in our lives. The Holy Spirit, who pours the love of God, pours it into our hearts. He pours it out upon us. Jesus died. He took all of the sin of the world upon Himself. All of it. I have made and will continue to make that point throughout many of these podcasts. He not only freed us from sin, listen, He took sin away. And now God's love, His grace pours out to all of us. And we who have received this revelation realize what it means to be free. When we are born again, it is about embracing what God's grace has done in our lives and accepting it through faith. God's grace was God acting upon the salvation of the world. It cost God. He gave His Son, Jesus, the incarnate Son of God. He was the Word made flesh, fashioned as a man, living as a God-man on the earth. Jesus ascended to heaven and was glorified, the first human to be glorified, and is the first of many. 1 John 4, 9 says, God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent His only, His one and only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. Jesus is the firstborn from the dead, according to Revelations 1.4. Jesus was the firstborn of His Father, and this is very significant. Firstborn means there were more to come. There's a second, a third, a fourth born. That's us through spiritual rebirth, being born again. In some ways, we could say our God, who never changes, seems to have changed for us. God in His nat nature is always the same. 
But there are changes in God's plan and the way He works with us. Jesus was the Word and He became flesh. He died and rose and now He's a glorified man in heaven as the first of us who would be glorified. Let's look at Acts 26.23. It says this, That the Messiah must suffer and that as the first to rise from the dead, He would proclaim light to our people and to the Gentiles. And Romans 8.29 says, For those he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of, of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brothers. We were meant to receive Christ and believe. Those of us who choose to follow this destiny will live eternally. Everyone born of this grace is predestined to be conformed to the image of Christ. Unfortunately, Many have chosen to walk in a lie, in darkness, and have missed the mark. They have missed what happened on the cross and have been blinded by carnality, by the idea that this world is their home. There are many who refuse to love God. They have turned to the blinding darkness and have condemned themselves. It's only through Jesus that we may see and walk in the light of God's grace. I know to the natural mind to say we've been set free from the sin of Adam and we must find the light of God's love through Jesus sounds insane to many. Even a post on Facebook that Jesus is the only way to heaven would evoke many negative statements from this world. After Paul's arrest, he was explaining all of this to Festus and Festus responded, you're out of your mind, Paul. Too much study is driving you mad. It sounds like what I hear from people today who are just anti-Jesus and really anti-Christ. When we speak of grace, <coughs> excuse me, <coughs> got choked on that. <coughs> ah, I'm outside and the wind's blowing around me too. It's gotten kind of cool out here. I'm surprised. And we are in summer. Oh, let me see. God, where was I? Okay, so when we, we speak of grace, we are talking about God's love being poured out on all of humanity in the form of an ultimate sacrifice, His own Son, the Word incarnate, Jesus Christ and His death and resurrection. This is God's act of grace. I say it this way. It's an acronym that I use. The grace is God's response at Christ's expense. God responded to the need for us to have His love, and Jesus paid the price on the cross. So I use this acronym to remind myself of grace. God's response at Christ's expense. You know, God loved the world in such a way, in this way, or as the Bible says in King James Version, God so loved the world as it says in John 3.16. God loved the human race in a unique way. He loves people. We're all meant to be His children, and I know this is hard to grasp, but all of us were meant to walk in His love. Some have refused. We abandoned Him in this act, but it doesn't mean He turned His back on us. God has only turned His back on sin. It happened that day on the cross. Remember when Jesus became sin for us and 
He said, Father, why have you forsaken me? Remember? We're all human beings. All of us meant to live in the image of Christ. It is for this reason that God gave his life for everyone. He didn't pick favorites when he sacrificed his son. It pleased God that he should bruise Jesus because it was necessary that the law be fulfilled through a sacrifice. When we choose to walk in darkness, we have given up that right to be a child of God. It is our lost condition. And when we understand and when the Spirit of God reveals Christ to us through new spiritual birth, we receive this revelation, and as described by John in John 1.12, to all who did receive Him, He gave them the right to be the children of God, to those who believe in His name, who were born not of blood, or of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. You see, He loves us into His family. God's grace really goes back to who God is, the truth about God. God is truth and God is love. Both of these attributes play a role in God's grace toward us. Remember, as we discussed in the last podcast, Adam disobeyed God. So God had given him limited dominion over the earth. It would possibly be, it seems like it could be, over the entire natural realm. But God gave that to Adam, and Adam gave it all up for the fruit, or for the, through the temptation. And that empowered the serpent, the devil. That gave the devil the authority, the dominion. So in this story, the devil now has dominion over the natural realm. I'm reminding you of all this to show you that God is not a liar. You see, God gave it him, and God did not take it back. A man would have to take it back. He gave Adam dominion. He didn't go back on his word. Adam broke the contract and passed it to the devil. But God sent a man to take it back. (laughs) This is an amazing revelation if you haven't ever caught on to it. So God, the Father, in his wisdom, sent the word to the earth in the form of a man, Jesus. Jesus, because of virgin birth, was not born under the disobedience of Adam. He was not born under that curse. He was born of the Holy Spirit. He walked the earth free of the curse of disobedience. He then was able to take back the authority over the natural realm. He took the keys of death from the devil and freed all of us from the curse of eternal death. This is God, the truth, at work. And in His love, He freed us all. He took the sin of the world, every sin for every man and woman, and made us family If we would choose it, if we would accept it, He had already chosen us to receive Him. We only have to accept because He loves all of us. You see, when I accepted Christ and that He was the love of God and that I received His Spirit in me, what I received was the revelation of what happened on the cross 2,000 years ago. God loves us. You know, I've listened to many questions by others, such as, if God loves us, then why does He let all the bad things happen? Or, why would He send somebody to hell? Or, surely a merciful God would judge fairly. Why would He 
let anyone die or be sick? These are all valid and logical questions. They're not stupid questions, but they do prove that many of us still do not understand what happened to the human race at the fall of man. God's grace, God's favor on us, comes from an extreme sacrifice to save that which he lost. You and I were lost in Eden. Adam was given the power to choose. That's something we all relish. And just like Adam, we choose to walk away from God's grace. He loves us, but Jesus said condemnation comes from those who have chosen to love darkness more than the light. He was the light that shines salvation on the human race. God's love is now available to everyone. God wants to have that right relationship with all of us. So he made a way. Bad happens because of sin in the world brought on by Adam's transgression. And God's grace will carry us through it and one day above it. God loves us and he doesn't send people to hell. People choose hell by following the devil and choosing to walk away from God's love through Jesus Christ. God is merciful and he judges fairly if he is judging. He always judges fairly. But according to the scriptures, he has chosen not to judge us or hold our sins against us while we live on this earth. However, people suffer and die because of Adam listening to the devil and fulfilling his own natural and carnal desires. The world suffers sickness and death. But we have all been given away, the way of truth and life. And it will help us escape all of these bad things in the end. The only one stopping you, and you know what I'm going to say, the only one stopping you is... You. You choose to accept or reject Christ. You choose to accept or reject God's grace. Anyone who can see God's love and how it's been poured out on us has his or eyes or her eyes walking in the blindness of carnality, living in a lie, choosing the lie over the truth, and the end result is a very real hell. It's a harsh reality. But the only Sorry, it's a harsh reality, but only to those of us who believe the lie and choose death over life and darkness over light and fear over love. There's one absolute truth, and we can sum it up in this word, grace. God responded to losing us, and at Christ's expense, He is out to find us. It's amazing. <laughs> grace. Listen, if you profess to be a Christian, you are professing the acceptance of eternal life through Jesus Christ. You know that through Him you were delivered from the lie. You live in the light. And because that light is God's love, you realize what it is how it is changing what it's done in your life. Look, you're, you're a child of God. You're a saint. You're a priest, a king. You, you'll judge angels one day and... You have authority over evil. Listen, you're saved. The Bible tells us many things about our rewards and, and what we receive by being in God's family. 
There are many other revelations concerning your spiritual life. And I suggest that you find them and you walk in them. Know who you are and quit listening to the lies that would drag you back into darkness and damnation of your soul. Be free, live free, and tell everyone you know about God. This is the real test of your love for God. Listen, when you really love someone or something, you can't stay quiet about it. You want to look at everyone around you and wonder and point at the thing you love and say, would you just look at that? It's amazing. That's what I want you to do. Just look at somebody else and then point at Jesus and say, would you just look at that? It's amazing. It's love. It's peace. It's joy. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory. <laughs> in Isaiah chapter 6, the cherubim, creatures who worship God 24-7, looked at one another, the Bible says, and said, holy, 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 as if it's the very first time they ever looked on God's glory. They turned to each other and exclaimed it with excitement. I find that amazing. How wonderful, how amazing is this grace of God. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. I just want to take the time to remind you today of God's grace in your life. If you haven't recognized what God has done for you, maybe you should take a second look. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to open your eyes to see the truth. You are a child of God. Judgment for your sin happened on the cross. God chose from that point not to hold you accountable anymore for your sin, but to free you from it, to live in His grace. The only reason any one of us will end up in hell is because we love this world more than we love Jesus, for this is the condemnation. And it's the darkness, the lie that many believe. They choose their love for this world over their love for God. They have bought judgment upon themselves. They've brought it on themselves because they have been seduced by sin. I'm asking God today to open your eyes wide to the work of grace in your life, to your freedom from sin, and asking you to allow God's love to do its perfect work in you to overcome the lies, to give you peace where there's turmoil, hope where there's depression and love where there's fear. I'm asking you to walk in your call. God calls out to you from the blood of Jesus on Calvary to accept eternal life and peace through His love for you. Receive it in Jesus' name. And as always, let your faith work through love for a miraculous life in Christ. And I'm just going to tell you, I can't wait till the next episode. It's called Depolarizing Your Spiritual Life. And I know you're going to find that interesting. So please check back in for the next episode. And be blessed in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Be sure to tell your friends that they can find it on most major distributions. Just search Tim Atterbury or the title Redefined in Christ. You can learn more about Tim, his mission work in Honduras, and transcripts of these podcasts at www.timatterbury.website. Again, thanks for listening. And remember, faith works through love.